Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening from. It is Blake Sorensen back with another episode of the Inside Leverage Podcast. I'd be lying to you if I said that I was excited about the week four of the NFL season. Well, I'm excited about every week of the NFL season. Don't get me wrong, it's always fun. But this, after the first couple of, like, four games, uh, maybe we could even argue five. Everything after that is just kind of meh. Don't love a lot of the matchups this week. However, the matchups that we do get are very fun. We're going to get a lot of clarity about the NFC West. That's going to be a good time. We're going to see how for real Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos are. Raiders, Chargers, that is huge for the AFC West. That's Monday Night Football. Stoked for that one. We're also going to find out a little bit about the Cowboys going against that Panthers defense. And then we're also going to learn about the Panthers going against the Cowboys. So that's a fun one there. The Vikings also have a, a big game for them. It, this one, I think, could go according to how everybody thinks with the Browns winning. But I could all if Minnesota pulls out this win, this is huge for them in their season. So that's kind of a big one, too. And then we'll talk about the garbage time games a little bit later in the show. Before we get into our best bets, I'm going to lead with that for this show. We got five, and then I'm also going to have some... some Throughout the show, I'm going to have a thing like, I think that might be something. But it didn't make um, the, the best bets, okay? <coughs> so... Before we get into it, if you guys are watching on the YouTube, make sure you like the video. Uh, drop in the comments below. What single matchup are you most excited for coming in? So, like, a player on a player. For instance, let's say maybe you really like that Minnesota interior defensive line versus the Browns interior offensive line. Or um, one that I'm super excited for is potentially DJ Moore and Trayvon Diggs going at it. What is your favorite individual matchup heading into this week of football? Let me know in the comments. Subscribe if you haven't already. We post some awesome, we post two podcasts a week. And I'm looking to drop a pretty interesting YouTube video next week. Um, just a disclaimer, before we get into the bets, bets, one more thing I want to mention. Next week's podcast, the Tuesday podcast, okay? It's going to be skimmed down a little bit, all right? We're only going to be talking about probably the West games that happen. So the Cardinals-Rams, Seahawks-Niners, Raiders-Chargers. Those are the ones we are for sure going to be talking about. Panthers-Cowboys probably as well. Then, unless something crazy happens and like an upset or something along those lines, I'm probably not going to watch them. And I'm I'm sorry. uh, I just have... Um, some school stuff I have to handle going into next weekend. So I can't spend all Monday because that's usually what my Monday and into Tuesday morning entails is watching football games to talk about on the podcast. I don't think I can sacrifice a whole Monday next week. So podcast is going to be a little bit shorter. We're only going to be talking about a handful of games. Um, yeah, sorry about that, guys. And uh, Friday podcast might be a similar situation. I'm just going to have to see how my work goes. Thank you guys so much for understanding. Um, best bets. All right, let's get into this. So, the player props for these five bets. I have three player props, and I'm actually relatively confident in the three, okay? The Ravens bet that I have in here, I'm solidly confident on that as well. The only one that I'm a little bit iffy on, but I still am going to break it down for you guys and why I am okay with this bet Um We'll talk about that when we get there. But the first, Jacoby Brissett passing yards is at 208.5, and I am betting that over. I said last week, I was talking with my great friend Justin Dunbar. Check out some of his work. Um, I'll go ahead and link uh, his latest article in the description below. 
phenomenal stuff. But we were talking, and I told him that I was betting uh, the Raiders minus three and a half against the the Dolphins. Well, the Raiders ended up winning by field goal, which is starting my new rule of never, ever, 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 ever betting on a three and a half point favorite. But I digress. I told him I was like, man, I'm 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 kind of liking Brissett in this one, and I, I love that Raiders defense, love them to death, Gus Bradley's doing an amazing job, but I was like, man, what can Brissett do, right, it's probably around, I was thinking 200, 220 yards, I think Brissett can go over that, Brissett is not a bad quarterback by any mean, he's probably a top five backup quarterback, I would say, and look at how he played last week to kind of prove that, and this week it's just carrying over again. He's playing a Colts defense who isn't going to give up a lot of explosive plays, but I do think Miami is kind of forced to throw the ball around because I do not see them being able to run efficiently on anybody. So I definitely think 208 and a half yards, give me that over any time. Anytime a guy with some capable weapons is sitting around 200 yards, give me that any day. So yes, Jacoby Brissett over at passing yards, 208. I think the, the, the highest, if it balloons up a little bit, maybe around 215. I'll take that over as well. But, yeah, try to get in if you can right now. Another one I like, Tyreek Hill's receiving yards over at 76 and a half. Um, They're playing Philadelphia. I'm just – I know that Philly front is good. The back end, it it was playing a little bit better the first couple of games of the season, the first two games. Uh, I think this is the get-right game for Kansas City. I think this is the game they limit their turnovers. This is the game that offense starts clicking. They put up about 38 points. And if you told me Kansas City was going to score 38, you know, five touchdowns-ish without Tyreek Hill getting 100 yards, I'd probably call you crazy. And even then, who's the guy that's going to match up with Tyreek Hill? Okay, Darius Slay? Like, yeah, talented cornerback. I don't think that he is going to be able to keep up with Tyreek Hill. I think this is going to be the big game that really breaks open Kansas City's offense. Give me Tyreek Hill's over at 76.5 yards. And we have another over in receiving yards, Debo Samuel at 70 and a half. Now, if you watched that Seattle game last week, they are weak in the middle of the field. They like to run that cover three. Um, and then Minnesota was just essentially having one guy drag out that middle defender and then middle of the field on these hook routes were just wide open. Now, if those go to Ayuk, which I don't think they will, I think they're going to work Ayuk more as the guy to get things going vertical just with how they've used him this year. He seems to be more of that get down the field guy while Debo is that deep middle. Um, things along those lines and also deep crosses I think are going to be going to Debo more than Ayuk um and these cornerbacks right now for the Seahawks are just absolute crap uh San Francisco's having some trouble running the ball we're going to talk about that when I get into the matchup I want to see them turn up the running game a little bit but are they going to be able to do it is the question you have to go against a beast linebacker and Bobby Wagner who is probably going to eat alive your run game if he can so i i do anticipate 70 yards i think debo that's definitely attainable for him middle of the field is going to be open i don't know if san francisco is going to get the run game it's all going to go through debo in my opinion now those are my three player props pretty damn confident in all three of them i might put out a parlay on just those three um, and see how that goes on sunday it depends how i'm feeling i got i got a big college football one going tomorrow and i have a uh, a two-legger tonight on houston and byu so we're gonna see how those go um but let's get into i have ravens money line um they're the they're a one point favorite so maybe if you wanted you could take uh, the raven spread but i took ravens money line just for simplicity um I think actually the odds were better when I checked on the money line as well, which I don't know, but 
anyway, whichever one you want, Ravens minus one, Ravens, Ravens money line, take whatever you want. I just think, at the end of the day, Baltimore is probably the better team, okay? I think they're going to win. Simply put, and you may, Blake, they struggle with Detroit. Eh, I told you it was an opportunity for a letdown game. And also, look at all the big explosive plays they left on the board with Hollywood Brown drops, okay? Don't think that's going to keep up. I definitely think Baltimore is capable and going to. It's going to take a lot for Denver to win this game, right? I think that Baltimore could, could put up 30, and I don't see Denver being able to put up 30. I don't, I'm not saying Baltimore is going to put up 30, but I could definitely see Baltimore putting up 30 points and Denver not being able to keep up with that 30. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that a little bit later when we get into the game. But yeah, I do like the Ravens' money line in this one. Uh, Cowboys-Panthers over at 51.5. Don't listen to this one, okay? Because <laughs> I've bet the over twice. Twice so far this year. The first was in that Kansas City game. I bet the over earlier in the week at 55.5. It came down. And the game day over ended up covering, but mine at 55.5 did not. And I also bet the over last night, as well as uh, Trevor Lawrence to throw for 250 yards. I got I got Chase and Burrow yards, but yeah, the other two legs did not pan out. So it was a rough day yesterday. But yeah, I do not have good luck with betting over. So maybe I'm saying this one, so you want to do the complete opposite? I would probably recommend that. But my rationale for the Cowboys-Panthers over is... I believe that Dallas is going to get off to a pretty good start in this one. I could see them going up two possessions in the first quarter, something along those lines. And I think it's going to force Carolina to throw the ball because I'm, I I I trust Joe Brady. I think he's going to be fine without Christian McCaffrey. I don't think it's going to cause this offense to completely erupt. But I think if they get down a couple possessions... Uh, dominate Anthony Brown, and I know, oh, Blake, you got an interception loss. I don't, I don't care. He sucks. Uh, dominate Anthony Brown on that other side with a guy like Robbie Anderson. Um, if you're gonna get that Diggs more matchup, just I think they definitely can. I, and I, I do think Dallas is gonna put up about 30 points on this defense. And you may be saying, Blake, that defense. We'll we'll get more in depth into that one. But I just really have a solid feeling about this Cowboys Panthers over. If you want to ride it, if you want to fade it, I could not blame you either way. Let's get into our first game preview, okay? Um, Cardinals-Rams, to me, is the most interesting and most important game of this week. And you may be saying, wait, what about, what about the Seahawks 49ers? I, both of these teams are undefeated. Both of these teams are sitting atop the NFC West right now. I don't know which one is actually ahead, but I'm just, for the sake, I'm just going to say they're both there. Um, and I think it's a big, 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 big test for Kyler Murray, okay? This isn't Tennessee's defense. This isn't Minnesota's defense. Hell, this isn't Jacksonville's defense. Alright? This is a legit unit right here. It's a tough one. It's not a fun... Nobody looks at the Rams' defense and is like, Oh, this is oh, this is going to be a breeze. They frustrated, the, in my opinion, what has been the best offensive football so, so far with, with Tampa Bay and Brady. And they shut that shit down. Okay? I'm not... Yes, many people know me as a Kyler, not necessarily hater, but a, a down-to-earther, right? Everybody seems to be getting these big Kyler inflations, and I'm like, hold up, hold up, what was that interception right there? Like, did you not see that throw when his feet were off the ground? I did, yeah, I did, and that's a great throw, and he does explosive things that no other quarterback except for maybe Mahomes can do. He does that, yes, but then we also get a lot of boneheaded interceptions from him. Honestly, to me, what Kyler is... A gunslinger, a thousand percent gunslinger. Like I think he, I never watched him in his prime. 
modern day Brett Farvish type. You know, you're, he's going to get the explosive plays. He's going to get the oh my God plays. But then you're also going to see interceptions like we did last week in the Jacksonville game where he throws it right into the safety covering it. It's just, I don't know. But this is going to be a big test for him, okay? Because if he can still create the explosive plays against a defense that predicates themselves on limiting them, as well as maybe trimming down the boneheaded plays, which I'm counting that interception in Jacksonville as a boneheaded play, sorry. If he can do that, I'll be on board. Legitimately, I will be on board. Uh, and another reason I'm a little bit scared about Arizona in this one is Cliff Kingsbury, okay? Going against the Rams' defense, you need a coach-slash-play caller, okay, that is going to make your life easier, not more difficult, okay? Seems simple, right? That is the coaches and slash play callers' job, to make your life easier. It's what Andy Reid does. It's what Brian Dable does. It's what Greg Roman does. It's what Matt LaFleur does. I think it's LaFleur. I always just call him LaFleur. It's what Kyle Shanahan does. But that is not what Cliff Kingsbury does. Nah. I legitimately have a hard time watching other coaches. Uh, to like, I don't think another coach frustrates and makes life harder on their quarterback than Cliff Kingsbury. I really don't. Like, watching him call play, it's just, I don't know. There's something wrong about it. There's something isn't right. He It really legitimately seems to me like he makes life harder on Kyler. And that's something you can't have against the Rams defense. Because Kyler could come out here and play a kick-ass game of football, right? And if the play calling is bad and his defense does not play well, I we could legitimately walk away from here with a 38-21 to 21, uh, Rams victory. And I could be saying, Kyler played really good. And that's kind of my problem with this Rams team. Or Cardinals team, sorry. They have the explosive playmakers. They have the explosive quarterback. Getting a little bit better on defense. It's still not there yet. But they're getting a little bit better on defense. If they had a play caller who was going to help out Kyler and make things a little bit easier, I would be a lot more on board with Arizona. But right now, to me, they're not well coached enough to overcome the kind of talent gaps that they have in certain spots. Places like on the defensive side of the ball. Especially, you know, anywhere that Chandler Jones, Buda Baker, and Byron Murphy really aren't playing. You know, I, and I love the two rookie linebackers to death. I think that defense is going to be good in about a year or two years. I think they do have that potential. But I think getting a new coach would help them. I'm not saying fire Cliff Kingsbury yet. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying for this matchup, I don't know. I think there's a big coaching gap that is going to override the potential quarterback wash that is there and in the talent department for the quarterbacks. So Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore are both going to need to kind of step up in this one. Christian Kirk has been just lights out this season. But I do like the ability for Rondell Moore to um, break an explosive play, whether it's down the field, whether it's with the screen game. And I need to tell Cliff Kingsbury this, okay? Hope you're listening, Cliff. Really, really hope you are. I would love to take your job if you get fired. Would love to. But um, do not. What did I say about Jalen Ramsey last week? Okay. Do you guys remember? Do you guys have any recollection of what I said? I said 
do not throw screens to Jalen Ramsey's side, okay? Because he just he sniffs it out and he's gonna hit it for a tackle for loss. I swear to God, if Cliff Kingsbury runs more than three wide receiver screens to Jalen Ramsey's side, I'm I'm done. I'm losing it. I'm calling for his head at that point. It's <laughs> he's gonna do it. Watch. I I guarantee you, he's gonna throw it to the side with Rondell Moore and uh, AJ Green is gonna be lined up in the slot or vice versa, and he's gonna try to have AJ Green block. Uh, probably Darius Williams, and then they're going to probably have a tight end try to get out there, and Jalen Ramsey's just going to shoot it, uh, probably obliterate Rondell Moore, who's going to fumble, and then, um, let's see, linebacker. Kenny Young is going to be flowing to that side. He's going to pick it up and take it for a touchdown. Watch. <laughs> that whole scenario might not happen, but I, just please, Cliff Kingsbury, have some common sense. Screens versus Jalen Ramsey. Scream death. Watch. They're going to score a 70-yard touchdown on a scream to Ramsey side. Um, for the Rams, as the four-point favorite, here's my question to you. What is your answer to chaos? Because that's what Kyler brings to the table. Like nobody else. Except, again, caveat, maybe Mahomes. It's so crazy that we that we are in a league right now with quarterbacks where I was having a conversation about it yesterday where guys like Joe Burrow aren't 10, 10 quarterbacks. It's just kind of mind-boggling to me how good the quarterback position is right now and how when we have a guy playing like Kyler Murray is right now, I have to add a caveat of, oh, there's another guy. It's just <laughs> the league at the quarterback position right now is absolutely insane. Appreciate it before, you know, guys are gone because we might get an Like, I'm not saying we will, but I took Andrew Luck for granted as one of my favorite players. I thought I was going to get 20 years of that man, and I lost him early. Okay, so just... If you're a Kyler fan, if you're a Jay Herbo fan, if you're, even if you're a Mahomes fan, appreciate these guys while they are whooping ass right now. Trust me, you'll you'll thank me later. But what is your answer, okay? What is your answer, Raheem Morris, to stopping chaos? The hard thing is, it's chaos. You can't predict it. You can't find a way to be like, okay, we know how to stop. You don't, and that's why it's chaos. That's why Kyler Murray is still being so amazing taken away from that crappy cliff kingsbury offense legitimately that is why kyler does the things he does because he's chaos he's unpredictable and with that unpredictability he becomes borderline unstoppable at certain times watch the minnesota game kyler is just an absolute freak okay so how do you stop chaos how do you limit chaos how do you keep chaos normal that's the thing you don't want kyler to make the explosive plays you want him to throw the the crappy passes over the middle of the field to christian kirk how do you stop that i don't know i legit i wish i had an answer to you and to this is what raheem Morris can do and this is what i think he's gonna do i don't know i'm not a, like if i knew i'd probably be a defensive coordinator right now probably not but you get what i mean this is a tough thing to stop that's why these guys get paid a lot of money to figure out how to stop them um Daryl Henderson, okay, this is where I was saying, uh, take Daryl Henderson's over in rushing yards, please. Um, the Cardinals are absolutely abysmal at stopping the run. I want to say they're bottom five, uh, and it's showed. Every running back that has played them just looks real good, right? James Robinson looked good. Dalvin Cook looked good. And everybody's, oh, they stopped Derrick Henry week one. Okay, again, I've been harping this point over. You gave a good defensive mind. Months on months on months to figure out how to stop your offense, and he did, okay. Uh, but yeah, last two games, I got just embarrassed with running back. So, Daryl Henderson, I think it was around 34. That is 
freaking laughable. Take that. If you can find it, take Daryl Henderson's over. Um, my X factor in this one is Byron Murphy. He played slot week one and week three a little bit. Um, he is going to be the Cooper Cup guy, in my opinion. Um, and I, again, last week, Cooper Cup had a big one. I think we see more of that this week. Um, I'm excited for this one. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a blowout, but I do have the Rams winning by about a touchdown. I have them winning 27-21. to 21. I just... The quarterback is too close. And then on the Rams side, you have the coaching advantage by far, the defensive advantage by far. Uh, maybe not by far, but defensive talent better um, in coaching. Just It's better. Uh, you have a lot of better things on the Rams side in favor of this one. Um, so, yeah, I have them winning by about six points. Now the other NFC West matchup that's going to be a lot of fun. The 1-2 Seattle Seahawks. Versus the 2-1-49ers, who are a three-point favorite. What are Pete Carroll's answers for the defensive side of the ball? Okay. This happened last year. The Seahawks defense got out to just an abysmal start. They were a laughing stock, and then they got better as the year went on. I just don't know what the answer is. Those cornerbacks are not particularly good. Sorry, DJ Reed. Sorry, Trey Flowers. I don't like that. But they just haven't been playing good football right now. And you have to go against the likes of Ayuk and Debo, who are not fun guys to have to stop. Trent Sherfield, if we want to throw him up there. Muhammad Sanu has even looked a little spry this year, if you want to call him that. I just really have no idea what this defense is going to do. How are they going to stop that middle of the field? It was funny, because it shows you how team offenses dictate things, right? Because we watched... Two weeks ago, or last week on Thursday Night Football, about eight, eight days ago, we watched Sam Darnold just dice up Lovey Smith's Tampa 2 in that middle of the field area where two safeties high, you get right behind that linebacker, boom, they were picking it up for chunks of like 15 to 20, okay? And then you watch Minnesota do the exact same thing against Seattle, who we know likes to run a little bit more cover three, and they were doing it, but what they were doing was taking a guy and almost dragging um, the middle guy across with him. So he would either run like a deep cross or something along those lines. And then either it would be, so deep cross, deep cross, sit, over, boom. Or it would be from the opposite side. So deep cross, sit, boom. Uh, it's just, it's crazy to me how two completely different defenses, right? Or different shells, at least at the top. And still that same area of the field was able to be exploited. I just, I, I don't know. Some small things about football like that just really interest me and I, I love it so much but I digress how do they stop that how do they stop people from just abusing the middle of the field especially when you're playing a team like the 49ers that we know can run deep crosses with a Brandon Ayuk and sit Debo in the middle or vice versa or hey Kittle can sit in the middle you know it's just it's going to be a rough time in my opinion for this Seattle defense I'm not saying they can't get it done I'm not saying they're not going to get better as the year goes on. But with the state and, and the ability that they've showed me so far, I have no confidence in this defense. And I don't have a ton of confidence in the 49ers offense ever, but talent trumps all. Okay, Talent is always good. Hence the reason why Kyler Murray looks good and DeAndre, and the, the, the Cardinals are 3-0. Talent is going to trump bad coaching or just bad talent on the other side. And I think when you have Debo and Kittle 
it's going to be a rough day. And then you add in Ayuk, and maybe the Spry, Spry Sanu is going to be his new name for the rest of the season if he continues to look spry. I just, I don't see it. However, I do think Seattle can make this thing a shootout, which is really weird because usually when these two teams play, uh, it's a defensive slugfest. The one I always think of is a couple years. It was during the Niners Super Bowl season, so 2019. Was it Sunday night or Monday night? Uh, it was a primetime game. And Jadavion Clowney, I think it was his, was it? No, it wasn't his first game with the Seahawks. But Jadavion Clowney just crapped on the left. I think, was Joe Staley hurt in that game? 49er, 49er fans, I know a couple of you guys listen. Put in the, was Joe Staley, you guys remember the game, I know. But Jadavion Clowney just absolutely wrecked, wrecked San Francisco. And the Seahawks won on a field goal in overtime because the, the Niners Got an interception, drove down, and then Jimmy threw an interception. No, 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 no. Russ threw an interception in the red zone to Dre Greenlaw. And then Jimmy threw a pick, I think. And then they ended up kicking a field goal, Seattle, to win. Um, That was an interesting game. Um, But I digress. Usually it's defensive matchups in this one. But I think this one is going to be a slugfest offensively. Okay, if Seattle lets Russ cook, right? Because the 49ers cornerbacks, uh, Lenore, I liked him at Oregon. I kind of like him in the NFL. He's a solid cornerback. But when you match him up against guys like Devontae Adams, who, in that second half, he did a good job of. I will give him his credit. But guys like Josh Norman, it's just, they showed. You can win the matchups outside, right? It's something that you can do, right? These guys just aren't incredibly talented right now. And I'm not crapping on him. I love Lenore. But he's not going to be able to stop guys like DK Metcalf. He's not going to be able to stop guys like like Tyler Lockett. He's nice depth. He's a nice talent. And he's an amazing draft pick. The fact that you're getting this solid production out of a fifth round rookie cornerback, spectacular pick. All my credit in the world. I like Lenore. But that's a tough matchup. So work down the field. Bomb down the field. And I know a lot of people were were crying about, I hate this pass interference offense that the Green Bay Packers run. That's what happens when you have better wide receivers than their cornerbacks. Their cornerbacks have to hold. And Aaron Rodgers knew that. He was like, oh, there's no way that if I throw 10 one-on-one balls to Devontae Adams, he's going to catch five. He's going to probably get pass interference on three. I'll take seven out of 10 chances. Do that, Seattle. Do that. You have the advantage if Tyler Lockett plays in this one. And even not. And DK Metcalf. And Freddie Swain, who I think is a competent wide receiver and wins the matchup against a guy like Josh Norman. Use it again. They're not great in the secondary right now. Bombs away because you're going to get favorable outcomes, in my opinion, seven times out of ten. So put the ball down the field. Be explosive with your offense because that is an opportunity for you to kind of get in a shootout with the Niners. And I'm telling look, if it gets into a shootout, if this thing, if both teams are scoring over 30 points, who the hell do you think wins a shootout? Quite honestly, Jimmy Garoppolo or Russell Wilson? Let's put it as simple as that. I know. So turn it into a shootout, okay, Seattle? Turn it into a shootout. Let Russ cook. For the Niners, I think you are definitely deserving of being the favorable team here, right? And usually, you know, I like my underdog, uh, better quarterback matchups. But, again, I think the talent on that defensive side of the ball, and I, uh, for Pete Carroll's offense, I'm worried they're going to be like, oh, yeah, let's establish the run. No, Pete, please. Please, just let this man chuck the ball down the field like Rodgers did. The formula is kind of there for attacking this 49er defense right now with the healthy corner. So, 
But I do kind of want to see the Niners try to get that run game going again. Um, two weeks. Two weeks I've been watching it and been a little bit worried about it. This is a potential for a get-right game with how bad Seattle is at that front. Their, their front four are not great by any means. Um, so this is an opportunity for you to try and get that run game going again. Um, I'm not saying only do that, but try it a little bit more, right? I don't mind you trying to establish the run, and it doesn't work, then okay, let's go back to what we did in the second half of the Green Bay game. I'm fine with that. Or maybe starting with the Green Bay stuff, getting a two-possession lead and then running the ball. I don't know, but I do want to see this run game going a little bit because if every 49er game has to be like that second half of the Packer game in Jimmy's hands, 8-9. 8-9 is what the season brings. Sorry. Sorry, Niner fans. You guys are already pissed off at me from last week. I know. But I'm expecting a big game from Debo for the reasons I listed before. Deep cross, sit. Um, and I do believe that Ayuk is going to be the guy getting it down the field. And I mentioned, yeah, Debo over was in my best bet. So I like that. My X factor in this one, Mike McGlinchey. Uh, I just want to see that run game getting going on the right side. On the left, you have Trent. You know, like, I have no qualms about that side of the ball because Trent helps it out so much. But the right side has been a little bit sketchy to me. And McGlinchey has gotten a little bit better as the season has gone on. But I want to see more effectiveness from the, from the guard tackle duo on that side to get some better runs. Give me the 49ers to win, but not to cover. 24 to 23, I think Jimmy leads him down for a field goal. Win as time expires, but this would lead to Seattle covering. Right? I'm excited for this one. It's going to be a fun one. We're going to learn a lot about what Shane Waldron wants to do against elite defenses. I definitely think that's going to be big. Um, Or not against elite defenses, but against defenses where he has an obvious advantage with his receivers versus their corners it's gonna be a fun one hyped for this one really am i really am we'll hope Debo gets that over uh ravens and broncos sneaky 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 game okay i think when i first checked this one the broncos were a one point favorite i kind of had to double check like what what is going on here if you have not watched the broncos this year you probably think that's disrespectful okay probably think they haven't played anybody Right? Who have they played? The Jets. Ah, gosh, what is? Who have they played other than the Jets? The Jets. The. Oh my gosh, I'm blinking so hard right now. I, I'm pretty sure they they played teams that haven't gotten a win. The Jets, the Jags, and the Giants. Right? Those are the three wins. Yeah, the Jets, the Jags, and the Giants. So you're probably looking at that like, oh my God, they're a fraudulent three and O team. The Ravens. They beat KC. This is so disrespectful. So disrespectful. I was listening to a college football podcast yesterday by Josh Pate. Phenomenal. Go check it out. Late kick. And he said, if you think the line is disrespectful, then bet it. Okay? Bet it. If you think it's so disrespectful to put the Ravens as a one-point favorite, mortgage your house and bet it on the damn Ravens if you think it's so disrespectful. It's not disrespectful. Here's why. Teddy Bridgewater has played well. Very well. I'm talking like potentially best football of his career well. But Blake, what do you mean? He hasn't... No, 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 no. I'm not saying Teddy Bridgewater needs to take over a game like Kyler Murray does. It's not what I'm saying. That's not what he's going to do. But goddamn, does he run this offense efficiently. Getting through reads. His motor. Boom, 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 boom. Doom. There was a play that I saw that got pointed out on Twitter. And it was such a small thing. 
Such a small thing. But this is where Teddy Bridgewater has been so good this year and where he's con- going to continue to be good. I want to say it was they ran a curl with the outside receiver flat from the running back. Checks, left, left, nothing. Looks, sees the flat, sees it's open. Looks back to the to the curl. Gets that defender to kind of sink in on it. And then, boom, goes back to the curl. Gets eight yards from Javante Williams, I believe it was who he dumped it down to. If he doesn't look that out, that's probably either stopped at the line or maybe Javante, you know, makes him miss a little and gets four yards. Teddy is doing small things like that. And if you haven't watched the Broncos game, which, hey, I don't blame you. They've played, like I mentioned, the Jets, Jags, and the Giants. I wouldn't want to watch those those shit shows either, if I'm being quite honest. But I kind of have to. Teddy has looked better than the stats are going to say. Teddy has performed better than the stats. You know, he's just, no, he's not going to throw 400 yards on you and do those type of things. But he's going to run your offense efficiently. He's going to make sure you don't get down a bunch of possessions. And he's still a threat down the air. He had that pass week one, uh, might have been week two, to, to, oh gosh, their speedy guy out of Penn State. I'm thinking Rondell Moore's in my head. It's not Rondell Moore. He just tore his ACL. Which is like, Hamler, Hamler, Hamler. KJ Hamler. He had a deep ball to KJ Hamler. Uh, I want to say it got caught for a touchdown week one. He's putting the ball down the field too, right? This isn't some quick game. That's where they mainly thrive. And that's kind of the Pat Shermer MO. But he's shown potential to still put the ball deep. He's not Big Ben, okay? So if you really think that this is so disrespectful, it's not. Because the Broncos have, well, we know what they can do on the defensive side of the ball. We know their playmakers and guys like, like Fant and Sutton, and Tim Patrick, and Javante, and Melvin Gordon. Okay, we know that. This offensive line has played well. People are saying, oh, the Broncos are quarterback away. Quarterback away from what, exactly? Honestly. Quarterback away from the playoffs? Teddy Bridgewater can get this team to the playoffs. He really can. And it just sucks that he's in that AFC West, because that thing is freaking loaded, and it's going to be tough to win division games. But this is a playoff-caliber team right now, and Teddy Bridgewater is playing like a playoff-caliber quarterback right now. Frankly. He really is. So, if now, if your argument is they're a, uh, a quarterback away from a Super Bowl, I get that. I don't necessarily know if I'd be like, yeah, Teddy for the chip. No, I, I don't know. Maybe you want to get Aaron Rodgers for that. But Teddy's played well. Okay, Teddy can get them into the playoffs. Will he? I don't know. That division is is a is a freaking the, the Thunderdome from Mad Max. I don't know if he is, but I'm just don't sleep on the Broncos. Okay, people are like, oh, the Ravens minus one. Me 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 me. Yeah, I have the Ravens covering. Don't get me wrong, but to just be like, oh, this is so disrespectful to the Ravens. They're on the road going against a quarterback that has played well this year, going against a team that is uber talented. Let's not act like they're gonna win by two possessions here. It's a I don't know. It's just weird to me how disrespectful people have gotten to the Broncos. However, I am worried about the Broncos. Very worried about the Broncos, and here's why. I'm going to tell you why. Josie Jewell is hurt in this one. You may be saying, Blake, Josie Jewell, I, I maybe heard of him once. Jewell, isn't she who sings uh, that song uh, uh, um, in Deadpool? Isn't he? No, I don't. No, not that Jewell. Um, Josie Jewell, linebacker. And what worries me is when... With the Ravens offense, where they attack you, okay, is not the defensive line, okay? the def- It's not hard on the defensive line. What it's hard on is linebackers, okay? And that's where they manipulate you. They manipulate your run fits. They manipulate you with the pulling guards and all of these things. They manipulate linebackers. Now, I'm not saying a defensive line cannot help. 
A defensive line can help the linebackers and ruin everything, but this offense isn't meant to put the defensive linemen into binds unless it's like an option play. But this offense is hard on the linebackers, okay? Forces you to be sound. And if you look at the teams that they've they had success, like that's probably why this was such a tough game for the Ravens. Nick Bolton I like, but he's still a rookie. And that is where the Chiefs are the weakest at, linebackers. So, and it makes sense, right? So... Losing Josie Jewell is going to hurt. And yes, you have Alexander Johnson, who's solid. Um, I don't even know who would be filling in for them at this spot. But that is definitely something I'm a little bit worried about. You have a linebacker who's coming in, making his first start. I'm not saying he doesn't know the defense, but probably is going to be a little bit confused about assignments here and there. And I know he's probably, right now, watching film with, with Vic Vangio. They're sitting there. This is what you got to do on this play. This is what you got to do. You got this. You got this. You got this. And you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So, just watch out for that. Watch out for that. I would not be surprised if the Ravens are able to get some big chunk plays in the running game, especially with Lamar, because of the the injury at the linebacker for Denver. And I know linebackers are one of the more less important spots, but going against Baltimore, they are absolutely huge. Um, for the Ravens, and I, this is my point for the Ravens, get to the second level. Put those linebackers in a bind, okay? Win the line of scrimmage. You don't have to dominate the line of scrimmage, but win the line of scrimmage to get Lamar or Tyson Williams, beast, to the second level to put those linebackers in binds, all right? Just do that, and you'll be good. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Sutton versus Humphrey, if that's what ends up playing out, two just insanely underrated players. Um, and you may be saying, Blake, Marlon Humphrey isn't underrated. Everybody knows he's good. No. Yeah, everybody knows he's good. Everybody doesn't know that he's great. Okay. If your top five cornerback list, hell, top three cornerback list, well, that's debatable. Does, no, it's not. It's not, actually. It's not. No. Top three. In no order. Humphrey, Jair, Ramsey. I'm a biased Denzel Ward fan, so I'd probably put Denzel Ward in there over uh, probably Humphrey. But that's the top three. Don't get it twisted. All right, and people will be like, "Oh no, he's a he's top ten quote." No, that man is top three. That man is elite, cream of the crop. He can play everywhere. He does everything. I digress. Sutton versus Marlon Humphrey gonna be an absolute blast in this one. My X factor is Draymond Jones. He has just been shredding, shredding offensive lines and making it so difficult to run the ball against this Denver defense. If they want a shot to and help out their linebackers and making plays. Draymond Jones is going to be absolutely huge. My prediction in this one, yes, it's the Ravens minus one. So you're probably thinking, oh, Blake, you spent so much time defending Denver and talking. You have them covering. Yeah, I have the Ravens winning 23-20. to 20. Um, that Broncos are a good team, man. And this is really going to be a big litmus test for them. I'm kind of higher on them, I think, than some people are. As you evidently heard me just gush about Teddy Bridgewater for about 10 minutes. <clears throat> but... This is going to be a big test for them. They don't have to beat Baltimore for me to be continue to be bullish on the Broncos. They just have to look the part and play the part and be a good football team. This is when you find out who good football teams are. Really, games like this. So I'm excited to see what the Broncos are going to produce out there. Give them a fight. Win the game. You want to win the game. You don't want to come to this game and be like, oh, we gave Baltimore a fight. This is the NFL, not college football. You want to win this game. But from an analysis point of view, I'm excited, and I'm going to have a lot of takeaways from Denver after this game. Raiders-Chargers. This is my game of the week. This is my—we know how much I love John Gruden. We know how much I love the Raiders this year. I'm kind of like I was with the Giants last year um, and my Patrick Graham love. That's the Raiders for me this year. 
I love John Gruden. I love what Gus Bradley's doing. Nate, Ho- I need to get a Nate Hobbs jersey because I talk about him every freaking podcast. The Raiders are my resident team this year. So, you know, with that is going to be to becoming Raiders, Raiders biased views. Just expect it now. Raider Nation stand up. All they do is win. Uh, for the Raiders, uh, I'm a little bit worried about my team in this one. Uh, some some cues when I was looking. No, not Anon. Um, but there were some cues on the injury list when I was looking. And, and Nate Hobbs, my boy. Trayvon Mullen, Moerg. The Chargers are not a team that I want to go in there with uh, a bunch of cripples on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I don't. I want my guys to be at full strength. I don't want cues coming into this game on the secondary, even if they get the okay. Trayvon Mullen had that banged up the shoulder twice in the fourth quarter in overtime in that game against the Dolphins, right? I'm not super sold on him being healthy in this one. Now, I think you're fine if Hobbs can play, but if Mullen doesn't play, you know who plays? Damon Arnett. I don't know if we've watched Damon Arnett this season. I, I, I don't know if you've watched Damon Arnett this season. It's not good. It's not good, friends. So, if Trayvon Mullen indeed does not end up playing in this game on Monday night, just to watch how many times number 20 gets burned. Really. Don't don't say I didn't warn you. It's not going to be fun. And for all my Raider fans right now who do watch the games, they just heard Damon Arnett and probably shuddered. It's like Voldemort, he who must not be named. <laughs> because when and Trayvon Mullen, I'm not saying is shut down corner. But... To me, the most valuable thing that Trayvon Mullen does is keep Demon Arnett off the field. I'm so sorry. That's somebody's son. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yes, so cues for Hobbs, Mullen, Moerg. I don't like that at all coming into this game where we've seen those wide receivers can just straight up hoe people, right? Hold the Kansas City corners last week. And as much as I love Casey Hayward, he can only take one away. He can only take Keenan Allen or... Mike Williams away. He can't take both of them away. So somebody's going to have to step up and help limit. Not necessarily eliminate, but limit the other one. I also think that this is a game where Las Vegas can dominate the ground of the Chargers. Think about this. The Chargers just allowed 100 yards to Clyde edwards Lair on a game where Clyde lost them in the football game and fumbled early. Like, he lost them, the Baltimore game. He loses a fumble on, was it the second or the third drive of the game? And Kansas City was still like, yeah, we want to try and run the ball. If that doesn't tell you how crappy the run defense from the Chargers are, maybe this will. The Chargers are 32nd in opponent yards per carry. I want to say, didn't write it down, uh, brain blast here, 5.8. I'm pretty sure it was 5.8. You can fact check me. But uh, they're allowing, they're the worst team in terms of opponent yards per carry. And Kansas City threw a guy who fumbled on two out of at least four drives. And they were like, yeah, we're going to continue to give him the ball. That is bad. <laughs> like That is a bad sign that Kansas City, their game plan, heavily involved running the ball. And I know because I watched that game with money on the line and was freaking pissed when they kept doing it. So this is not a good sign for the Chargers. This is definitely a weakness. Okay. And we know John Gruden. He'll run the ball. He like Gruden will run the ball and try to establish the run. I also think this is going to be the game that we see the uptick of John Gruden's play action. He hasn't been running a lot of play action this year. He has this philosophy where he doesn't like to throw play action against man. Um, I'm not going to agree or disagree, but his rationale was when they're playing man, they have their head turned away from the ball. So why the hell does a play action even work? 
I don't know. You decide for yourself if that's a reasonable way of thinking. But um, we know the Chargers are going to run a little bit more zone. I think they can really dominate the line of scrimmage and run at about five yards, five, four and a half per attempt. So I think you can have a dominance on the running game. And we know that the Chargers are going to be a little bit more zone friendly than some teams. So I definitely think we're going to see some dominant running attack and then play action passing on top of it from Gruden. So just watch out for that. For the Chargers, Storm Norton. Storm Norton, we need to see a good game out of you because you will get baptized by Max Crosby and just put Justin Herbert in a lot of plays where he's going to be doing some Mahomesian shit. So, Storm Norton, just play solid, okay? All right, let's run a lot of chips to that side, whether it's with tight end running back, I don't care. But Storm Norton, weather the storm, Mr. Norton. Uh, you can't get bulldozed on the run here because, like I said, if they can run the ball efficiently and finally start throwing that play action, it's going to be a tough day for the Chargers. My X factor in this one is none other than the big, dominant refrigerator in the middle, Linval Joseph. If he can have a big game and really just stop this, like help stop this running game, then I think the Chargers are definitely in a situation to win the football game. My prediction, Chargers win a close one, 27-25. to 25. All right. It's going to be close. It's going to be tough. But, man, that is my game of the week with how much I've loved watching the Raiders this year. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, Panthers-Cowboys. I probably need to explain a little bit on this one. Um, I think the Cowboys are going to be able to throw the ball around on them. I really do. Especially with losing J.C. Horn. How do you fill that void? I'm not saying J.C. Horn was playing great. I'm not saying he was the best corner, rookie corner. Like He was playing solid. But losing a solid cornerback means you have to fill it with a guy who most likely isn't a solid cornerback. And I think that's going to be a tough matchup for the Panthers to win. Okay. For the Cowboys, exploit them down the field. Like I said, you you have the dominant wide receiver and cornerback matchups. Sling it. Um, I don't know if they're going to have success running. I think it might be futile to try and run against his defensive front. So maybe we get a Tony Pollard passing game. Uh, a little hit here. I, I would probably take the Zeke under. In yards and maybe the Tony Pollard over in receiving yards. No strong conviction on that, but that's just two things you might want to watch out for. Uh, Terrence Steele has a large task in this one. He stepped up. He's played better than he did last year and actually looks solid. So, But it's going to be a big task, whether it's Gross Matos or Brian Burns in this one. I do think the Cowboys are the better team, and I'm going to take them to win by a touchdown 27-20. to 20. Browns-Vikings is a big game. For both teams, in my opinion, because this is an this is a game where the Browns need to get it done. Because the Vikings are a team that will bite you, and I would much rather be three and one than than two and two if I was the Browns. So you have to come in here and handle business. All right, get OBJ vertical. We know that OBJ is probably better than or is better than any cornerback on the Vikings team right now. We know the Vikings are going to give up explosive plays. So work the ball vertical. Work the ball down the field to OBJ. He could be in for a big one. Gauge that. See how confident you are in him hitting the over in yards this week. That could be a pretty solid bet there. Dominate the interior offensive line because that matchup of Teller, Batonio, and J.C. Treader versus Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce, wow, that is going to be a fun one. I am stoked to watch that back probably next week next next week unfortunately because i am going to be busy but yeah watch out for that one i'm excited to watch that matchup that's a fun individual matchup for me can the vikings limit the browns passing attack especially the deep 
the vertical, the explosive plays. When they do that, this Vikings defense looks magical. They didn't allow too many explosive plays last week against Seattle, and they eventually figured things out. Now, Seattle doesn't exactly do a lot of themselves a lot of favors in the offensive play calling department, but I do think that this defense is a good unit if they're stopping explosive plays. Uh, they need Dalvin in this one. His status is still uncertain, and I'm not saying Alexander Madison is not good. He is, but in a game like this, you need difference makers. Dalvin Cook is a difference maker. Alexander Madison, eh, I don't know, not so much. Solid running back, yes, but he is not the difference maker that Dalvin Cook is. Dalvin Cook, every time he touches the ball, has the threat of a 75-yard, a 50-yard. A touchdown, okay? Every time he touches the ball. I don't feel that same way with the ball in Madison's hands. My X factor in this one is Tyler Conklin. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure the Vikings are starting a new left tackle this week. Uh, can't remember. I think they're starting... Rash- no. Okay, I think they're still starting Rashad Hill at left tackle, even though Darisaw is active. But he's going to need to help out with Miles Garrett. So I'm expecting a lot of chips from Tyler Conklin. That's the main reason why I have him as an X-Factor. And then I also think that maybe he'll have some some favorable matchups in the passing game as he's looked like a really good receiver so far this year. I will take the Browns to win 31-28 to in a close game where the Vikings probably miss a field goal or fumble away a potential win. So, yeah, that's that one. Uh, Steelers-Packers. I just have a question for the Steelers. How do you score? Uh, I am a little bit worried about this one at six and a half, going against a very good defense like that. I don't know. I do have them winning twenty to seven though. Big Ben is my X factor, as he's going to be every single week with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Bucks Patriots. This game is going to be a complete waste of my night if and only if, after the national anthem, all the lights in the stadium go dark. Okay. A spotlight shines on Bill Belichick, who grabs a mic and starts singing. Okay. How am I supposed to live without you? By Michael Bolton. Spotlight on Tom Brady. They'll sing into him. They slowly come together. In the middle. The 50-yard line at Foxborough. On the Patriots logo, they slow dance to Michael Bolton. A nice love ballad. Bill just singing his heart out. And at that moment, breaking news from Adam Schefter. Tom Brady has been traded for Mac Jones. Mac Jones comes out, bends the knee like Game of Thrones, takes off his jersey. They switch jerseys, switch numbers as well. They have a Tom Brady jersey come out. And Tom plays this game for the Patriots. And they win by 100. And then after the game, they train him back. But yeah, that's, yeah, really. You see how BS that scenario is and it's not going to happen? That's the only way I'm probably going to end up enjoying watching this game. Unless the the Pats pull up an upset. Uh, Give me the Bucks to win 24 to 20. I don't have them covering. I think it's a 7. And really, legitimately in my analysis, the teams that have given um, the Bucks problems this year... Uh, are the teams that are able to attack their cornerbacks with better wide receivers, right? And it seems simple. It's like, oh, well, duh, that would be anybody. But no, legitimately, guys like Cooper, guys like Woods, guys like Cooper Cup, those are the type of guys that have given the Patriots or the Bucks problems tackling those guys, stopping those guys, getting 10 apiece from those guys. Uh, the Patriots have nobody like that. They have nobody that's going to win mat- one-on-one matchups against these guys. Uh, Chiefs, Eagles. Uh, stop the sloppy touchdowns in your flying Kansas City. 
maybe, just maybe, maybe this is a fine idea. Try running behind that beast of an offensive line you have. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you averaged a solid yards per carry, especially with Miles Sanders last week. I don't know. Just might be a solid idea. And again, I've been saying it every week since week one. More option plays, please. Um, but yeah, I got the Chiefs winning 35-24 to that one. I think that's a cover. I think they have the Chiefs at about a touchdown right now. I, I definitely think they win by two possessions. Uh, Titans-Jets. Uh, Denzel Mims got activated. That's the only reason I'm excited. Give me the Titans to win 28-20. to Like I said, this this back half of the, the slate isn't exactly uh, a joyride. Uh, Washington Falcons. This is an absolute must-win game from Washington. Falling to 1-3 and three might be the nail in the coffin, especially with how Dallas is looking um, so far. They need to get that defensive line going. Yeah. Uh, against the crappy Falcons offensive line, it should be there. Uh, attack the static back end okay we kind of know what we're getting from washington it's going to be a lot of three a lot of four uh so attack it okay they're not doing a lot of cute things which okay i mean i i, I you don't want to get out of your element but also it needs to look a little you need to dress things up a little bit more because right now guys are just picking you apart i got the falcons winning honest to god i think this is the get right game for the falcons this is arthur smith's Time to show. You know what? That guy That guy can coach a football team. Uh, and, and a serious note, that would put the Falcons at 2-2. Two and two. That, That's kind of crazy with how poor they played this season so far. But yeah, I got the Falcons winning 24-21. Texans-Bills. Uh, I have no notes. No notes about this one. Not a single thing except for the score. Bills 100, Texans 13. I guess that means they cover. Uh, legitimately, though, I, I it's 17. That is a lot in an NFL game. I don't know. I really don't know. I have no advice on this one. But if I had to guess, uh, give me the Bills to win 41-13. to 13. I'm pretty sure that's the exact score they won by last week. But I'll rock with it again. Lions-Bears. Um, you know how much I love underdogs with better quarterbacks. So give me the Lions plus three. <laughs> yeah, I just said that. Sorry. Uh, Lions 20, Bears 17. Colts, Dolphins, again, better quarterback at home with more weapons and a better defense. And legitimately, I, I legitimately do believe that. Do we believe that Carson Wentz is going to do anything? You know, watch this. This is me just certifying that he's going to go for 400 yards and look like MVP Wentz. Do we have any faith in Carson Wentz to do anything against a competent defense that is going to force him to throw into tight windows? I don't. I think it's going to be a lot of double clutching. It's going to be a lot of sacks. Maybe Jalen Phillips gets about three. But yeah, Wentz is going to be bad. He's going to crap the bed. He's not going to be decisive on his throws. It is going to be an absolute shit show for the Colts this week. Just watch. Bet Miami. Trust me. No, again, it's not on the best bets list. I just have no faith in Carson Wentz. Um, Giants Saints. Vanilla Vic is your only chance. Uh, Saints 24, Giants 17. I don't know. Like I said, this back half of the slate is not exactly a blast uh, to me. Although we are going to get some more Justin Fields data um, in film. So maybe that'll be something fun to watch for in that Bears Lions game. And I do get to love that Lions offensive line that I watch so much. But it's not a fun back half of the, the, the slate for sure. 
Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head over to the YouTube, subscribe, drop a like on this video, share it with a couple friends. It would mean a lot to me. Doing our best to try and grow the channel right now. It's hard. It's struggling. But with your guys' help, I know we can absolutely do it. Um, again, you guys are the P1 listeners if you made it all the way to the end. So I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday with a, 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 a brief podcast not brief it'll still be about 30 minutes and we'll go in depth on the games that i do end up watching but yeah it'll, it's just gonna be a tough week for me next week school-wise so i appreciate you guys for hanging in there and being cool with it uh thank you guys so much love doing it i'm excited hope you guys get those best bets in we're 80 percent on the season so far so let's keep that stuff churning and if you guys need them again if you guys made it all the way to the end i'll, I'll, I'll give you the best bets again one more time Jacoby Brissett over passing yards, 208.5. Tyreek Hill receiving yards, 76.5. Over Debo Samuel receiving yards, 70.5. Over Ravens money line, Cowboys, and Panthers over at 51.5. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Blake Sorensen with STB Sports. Peace and love.